This podcast is sponsored by the Davenant Institute and Davenant Hall, reimagining theological education. Visit davenanthall.com. The Davenant Institute seeks to retrieve the riches of classical Protestantism to renew and build up the contemporary church. Key to this mission is their educational arm, Davenant Hall. In an age where much theological education both overlooks the riches of church history and keeps students in debt, Davenant Hall is reimagining theological education. Davenant Hall takes full advantage of digital technology to make high-quality theological education affordable via online courses. Students can simply audit a single class or enroll in a degree program, including subject-specific certificates, PhD supervision, and the flagship MLIT program, which includes pastoral tracks for Baptist, Anglican, and Reformed or Presbyterian ministry. Enroll in classes at any time during the academic year. Knowing that in-person fellowship is key to Christian formation, Davenant hosts regular residentials at their study center in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of South Carolina. Registration for spring term 2024 classes running April to June is now open. Register by March 27th. Fees start at just $225 for a 10-week class with a two-hour Zoom class from expert professors each week. Spring term classes include Male and Female in Modernity with Alistair Roberts, The Reformation and the Modern World with Michael Lynch, Philosophy as a Way of Life with Joseph Minnick and more. Visit DavenantHall.com to find out more. That's DavenantHall.com. This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. I'm a Steeler fan, like Pennsylvania, all that good stuff. Oh man, you shouldn't have told me that before the interview. Now I'm going to have to hit hit even harder. <laughs> Welcome to Theology on the Go. I'm your host, Jonathan Master. And I have to say, this is an unusual podcast for us. We are really honored to have as our guest Dr. Mark Dalby. Dr. Dalby is the president of Covenant Theological Seminary. He also teaches there as well. He's a professor there, but he's the president of the seminary. And and recently, uh, Covenant Seminary made some changes that got a certain amount of publicity in certain circles. To There were changes to the nomenclature of their theology department, and it raised some questions. But so many of the leaders and professors of Covenant Seminary are friends of the Alliance that we really wanted to have Dr. Dalby on to explain those changes to us. And I think this will be informative for all of you, even if you don't know about Covenant Seminary or you haven't heard of of some of the questions that have been raised. So, Dr. Dalby, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Certainly. Glad to be part of this. So I'm wondering... Just if you could give us a little background here, could you explain some of the thinking and reflection that went into the recent changes in nomenclature at Covenant Seminary? And maybe along with that, could you sort of explain what the changes were? Certainly. Uh, Covenant Seminary has, I guess we're in our 60th year now as a seminary, and we've had a long-standing commitment to inerrancy of Scripture, to reform theology, uh, systematic theology being very important to us as it continues to be. And uh, we, we root systematic theology uh, in exegetical theology, making sure that uh, those who are taking the classes in systematic theology have had the Greek and Hebrew background and exeg- exegetical foundation. 
And we also put it in the context of sort of the unfolding biblical story from Genesis to Revelation. And in about 2010, I guess it was, the Board of Trustees uh, took a look at our purpose statement and uh, made a few tweaks to it so that the purpose of Covenant Seminary is to glorify the triune God by training his servants to three things, walk in God's grace, minister God's word, and equip God's people, all for God's mission. We added that at the end. And so we've been thinking over the last five to six years of what does it mean to do biblical and theological reflection uh, with a sort of passion for how it serves God's mission. And so we've we've gone through some curricular revisions uh, and not anything major in terms of content, but the way we arranged some things, tried to put some classes together and integrate them that would be more helpful for our students. And one of the things we've been thinking through is what is a proper understanding of the goal of deep uh, biblical and theological studies, including systematic theology, and how does it serve our desire that everything we do here being equipping students to be passionate about God's mission in the world through the church. So um, one of the things that we looked at is that we have a number of courses that are within what we've historically called our systematic theology department, which included five systematic theology courses, two church history courses, an apologetics course, an ethics course, a world mission course, and thought that it would be helpful as, a, as an integrating principle for all of those courses to have a name for that, what we're now calling a division, that would uh, orient those together. So we, we basically are now uh, calling uh, this the, the missional theology division, and within that we have our systematic theology department. So it, it's uh, out of some of the conversations that we've had, we realize that that's a little clearer way to say it than we did originally. But the idea here is that we study systematic theology with a goal in mind. It's to understand deeply what God has revealed in his inerrant word and with a desire to do this theological reflection for the sake of the church and its mission, which we feel is a longstanding tradition and understanding going back to Calvin as to what the purpose of theological reflection and study is. It's for the sake of the church and uh, its mission. So that really is a lot of what's contributed to our desire to have our curriculum nomenclature match this um, purpose statement of the seminary, that all that we do is uh, to equip and prepare pastors and leaders to serve God's mission uh, in the church and in the world. One of the criticisms that I've read, I'm sure you've read and heard, that's been leveled against this change in, in nomenclature, having this division of of missional theology, is that missional is kind of a, a trendy or a faddish name, and that this sort of could appear as if a Covenant Seminary, which has this great history that you've described, is attaching itself to a, a fad. I'm wondering if you could respond to this or, or maybe put it in the context or explain it the way you see it. Yes, thank you. Um, 
I don't see it as responding to a fad um, at all. In fact, in some ways, I, I think we've had minimal awareness of the fad concern. Uh, I think a lot of what has given rise to it in our context has been um, a recapturing in some ways of the biblical narrative from Genesis to Revelation, understanding that God made Adam and Eve originally, placed them in the garden, gave them a task of being fruitful and multiplying and ruling over the earth and so on and so forth, and that that, that task or mission, if we could use that word, um, was obviously uh, significantly come, came to a crashing halt in terms of sin and that God's purpose in sending a redeemer ultimately through uh, Abraham to bless the nations would be to restore this goal of God seeing his glory cover the earth, his people um, living according to uh, his word in, in all aspects. And so fast forward to the Great Commission uh, is really, I think, uh, in some ways, the Great Commission Part 2, if I could use that terminology, the first one being in the garden, the second one being the restoring of that and taking the gospel to the nations and the generations and being part of God's uh, unfolding purpose, as he expresses in Colossians 1, of reconciling all things in heaven and earth one day as, uh, as the gospel goes forward and ultimately Christ returns. So I think for us it was more a matter of bringing more of this overarching mission of God. I would say we've been informed by people like Chris Wright in his book, The Mission of God, uh, our own professor Mike Williams on his book, As Far as the Curse is Found. It's really been capturing a more full-orbed understanding of God's passion reflected in the narrative of Scripture, and that our systematic and theological study is to go deep into that word, but not for its own sake, it's learning theology for the sake of what God wants to do in and through his church to reach nations, generations, and one day restore all things. So I don't think we've been impacted by it as a fad. Obviously, the word isn't much more. It is used more and across, you know, the emergent churches used it some. And, and But a book came out a couple of years ago by the World Reform Fellowship called Reformed Means Missional. Um, and that's by people around the world and many North American scholars um, who had chapters in that book, understanding that the re word reformed and missional should go together and that the use of the word missional doesn't in any way depart from the word reformed or systematic theology. That's a great bridge to my next question. And I appreciate that you touched on the aspect of the missional um, the term missional being associated with the emerging or emergent church, and, 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 I, and I take what you're saying to be a sort of distancing from that usage and an, and an incorporating maybe a different usage. So my question is this. Why is it important for churches and other Christian institutions which serve the church, like seminaries, to think about their work in missional terms? In other words, why is this – actually, in your view, a very positive and important identifying marker for the work that we're called to do? Yes. Um, I think that if you, if you look at a place like Colossians 1, where it speaks of God has called his people out of darkness, out of the kingdom of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. 
and you think about the nature of what it means to belong to the kingdom of God's beloved son, we're citizens of that kingdom, we're, um, we live between Pentecost and the second coming, and so the outpouring of the Spirit by the ascended Christ, with gifts to equip his church um, to carry forward his mission to the nations, to the generations, to the whole of life. And I think that to have uh, God's goal at the end of what we do in theological training and in our lives in the church, in our lives wherever God may call us, um, is really following Jesus into the mission that he told us to pray for, uh, seeing God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If I could say that's our mission, to live our lives 24-7, um, seeking to see in and through the places God has given us opportunity, his will be done, his kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't believe that ultimately is going to happen until Christ returns. But when he returns, we should be found faithfully furthering his work, his passion, his mission that he's given us the privilege of, of co-laboring as followers of Jesus. So I think it's a very helpful term that gives an orienting dynamic um, to all that we do at seminary. Um, you know, our, our purpose statement says we want students to walk in God's grace. Well, that's part of God's call. I could almost put the word call, the mission into God's call on his people and on his church to join with him in going forward as ambassadors for Christ and so on. I think it, it, it opens up why we do theological training and drives us deeper than ever into both the Bible and theology so that we can be effective in leading God's people in that. Whenever you elevate one term, and in this case missional, obviously there are others that have to then kind of sit underneath it. So um, why why is this a better governing term than the more traditionary seminary nomenclature, which would have a department of systematic theology or even just a department of theology with some specific branches underneath with the understanding hopefully infused into that that this is all towards the ends that you have that you have articulated yes well first of all we still have a systematic theology department it's situated in a larger division that we're calling missional theology so we have biblical studies division that has an old testament department and new testament department we have an applied theology division that has a preaching department, a counseling department, an educational ministries department, etc. within that. So now what we're doing is saying in between deep biblical study and applied into life and ministry in the church, we have this missional theology division of which historic systematic theology remains, same courses, we're not reducing them at all, but we're situating in them in this larger division. If theology means the study of God, Setting the study of God in the context of the mission of God means that we're studying deeply these categories of historic systematic theology for the sake of being better prepared to join with God in serving his mission. So um, I recognize that we're elevating mission, but, but I think what we're saying, I guess I would say what's different is we're saying this reflects what God in his word indicates he's about accomplishing 
his mission, um, which you know resulted in the sending of Christ and gathering people to him and sending us to the nations, um, discipling, making disciples, and uh, equipping the people of God to do the same in all of the places that they have opportunity. Uh, in one of the passages that to me sort of pulls this together is in Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 1 and 2, where it's described there by Luke that Jesus went into the villages and cities proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. That is Jesus doing the mission of God, okay? which is what? Proclaiming and living out, bringing the good news of the kingdom. He did it in preaching, he did it in teaching, he did it in his healing ministry. In Luke chapter 9, he sends the 12 out and he uh, gives them power to do these same things. But then when you get to chapter 10, uh, you've got the 72 that are sent out, which I think gets closer to us. And so followers of Jesus are to know his word, to love him, um, to study his word, but for the sake of following him in this task of proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom. So I think it becomes a sort of a teleological endpoint of the redemptive story in Christ that we are focusing our study, our growing in, in, in grace, our being conformed to the likeness of Christ. The equipping is for the sake of being um, co-laborers with Christ um, in, in this grand story that has this mission at the core of it. Dr. Dobby, last question. If this nomenclature, even some of this discussion about uh, the mission of God, you mentioned a few books, the Christopher Wright book and others. But if this nomenclature is unfamiliar or or if even for some listeners it has negative connotations, maybe they've associated it with movements that in some ways compromise the gospel, uh, where could they go for a good summary of the ways in which you – and the other leaders at Covenant Seminary are thinking about it? Well, I think that um, a lot of things that Christopher Wright is writing, like the mission of God, and he's got a, another uh, companion book, I think it's called The Mission of the People of God. Um, his, his work is very helpful. Um, I think that, as I indicated, this, this book by Mike Williams, Far as the Curse is Found, is very helpful, very accessible, and I think um, would be uh, helpful to people to see. Um, I've, uh, I, think, I think those are two major resources I would would recommend. This book, Reform Means Missional, I think is also helpful. Um, it's got chapters by a number of different people and endorsed by Sinclair Ferguson, for example. And so I think it, th- those that book in some ways might be very helpful in um, maybe bridging toward, it doesn't seem like that sounds all that, I don't like that word as much, but you know, maybe as I work through some of this, that, that could be helpful. I think for me, part of the issue around, you know, the emergent church use of it or people's trendy sort of thinking of it or thinking that something's um, being abandoned, uh, um, in terms of what we've always been committed to, I think that it's, it's uh, you know, you think of the word gospel, and 
those who took the word gospel and talked about social gospel and that sort of thing. We didn't say, oh, we have to abandon the word gospel now because people are misusing it. No, we give the right biblical understanding to gospel. And I realized that the word mission is not in the Bible the same way that gospel is, but certainly the concept is all through the Bible. And uh, so it seems to me that we're committed to giving a full or biblical understanding that goes deeper than ever into systematic theology for the sake of uh, God's church and his mission through the church. Dr. Dalby, thank you for your work at Covenant Seminary. Thank you for your generosity with your time today in uh, in answering our questions and really uh, appre- appreciate all your um, all your gifts to us. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go. Theology on the Go, like every part of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, is dependent on support from listeners like you. If you'd like to give a gift to the Alliance, you can go to AllianceNet.org or you can go to PlaceForTruth.org, which is the home site for Theology on the Go. We'd encourage you to tell others about this podcast. If you're not already a, a regular subscriber on iTunes, we'd encourage you to go to iTunes and subscribe. And if you have a chance, give us a rating. That'll help more people find out about Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. <laughs>